Hey you, I see you working so hard. I know that you're trying all the things, and yet word of mouth continues to be the only way you're trickling in new clients. At this pace, you know it's going to be another three to five years to reach your goals. You see others out there making progress, and honestly, it seems really easy for them. You're wondering, what am I missing? I want you to know this isn't your fault. Most likely, you've been copying and pasting methods that have just worked for someone else instead of having a method as unique as you. It can be different. Even if programs haven't worked for you before, even if you've struggled to follow through before, even if you struggle with ADHD, depression, anxiety, even if you're new to the industry or older and this whole social media world feels totally foreign to you, even if you don't want to make videos. It can be different. When you know the few things you need to focus on to actually generate money in your business, everything becomes clear. In five weeks, your business can look completely different. DM me the word method on Instagram for details. It's at Renlopa Official. I'll be waiting. Well, I love this glow on across your face <laughs> like these sunbeams. I was just looking at that going, uh-oh, I should have closed the blinds on my window. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. You're like this angel coming in. <laughs> oh, you'll fix it. Uh, well, I'm so excited to have you here and that you made this time for us. So thank you so much. I feel like this is really the time when we pay sometimes the most attention to our finances. And so I'm really happy that you're here to kind of share some tips, share some of those common mistakes, and then obviously share how you can help people with I saw your new podcast. I saw your DIY bookkeeping course, like you have so many amazing resources. But um, yeah, so to just get started, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to everybody and kind of, you know, how did you get here? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So hi, I'm Michelle Cook. I am a licensed CPA. I um, actually went to beauty school when I was in high school. And when I graduated, just felt super overwhelmed by the financial side of like running a business and not knowing what I was doing. And so I went to college and then, you know, everything kind of changed from there. But it was fun to come back and to be able to serve the beauty community. That is so cool so when you went to college was it for like accounting and all of that did you change so, a bunch of times like how did that go <laughs> yeah so my original plan was to major in business and then open up my own salon um but then as part of the business courses you have to take some accounting classes and so i did those and oddly enough enjoyed it <laughs> so here we are <laughs> okay so super funny i went to college before i became a hairstylist and I, my original major was accounting. I was like, I love it. I love numbers. I love just making things tangible, you know, like these intangible things. Like I know pricing is even one of the things that like you talk about a lot. It's like, how do we take these big concepts like growing or being profitable or what does even success mean? And then really hammer that down into like an actual, you know, formula. That's very satisfying to me. I love it. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't really expect to like it. And then I 
got in it and I was like, oh yeah, this all, this all kind of works out nicely. And I know that's <laughs> unusual, but it's kind of nice to be able to um, kind of marry the creative and the logical side of things. Yeah. Well, and I'm so like happy and I feel so like lucky that you're so that you're niche down and that you do serve our industry because I'm sure like you're going to share I feel like there are some different things when it comes to our business than other businesses and like like you said in the beginning you become a hairstylist then you're like oh shit like now I have to figure all of this stuff out we kind of make it up for a while um, make it good enough that it's not like breaking down all the time. But yeah, I mean, okay, well, let's go ahead and get in. Um, the first place that I really wanted to start with you was kind of with what are some of the common mistakes that you're seeing out there in the industry right now so that people can really see them and then of course, correct them if that if they're doing them at the moment. Yeah, totally. It, there, there are a lot of them. I would say the biggest thing and most relevant this time of year is people saying, I'm just going to wait until January to figure out what I'm going to do for taxes and all that kind of stuff. And you really want to be figuring it out during the year <laughs> after January <laughs> closes or after December closes, you can't do anything really much at all to fix last year's tax situation. Um, so during the year is actually a much better time to be looking for an accountant, um, as well as keeping up on your bookkeeping that way, January comes and like, like for all of our clients right now, we're closing out their year end books. They're going to have final numbers by the end of this month. And so you very quickly know where you're at versus the mistake that people are making is I'll just wait until January and do one year all at once. And it's just a huge headache. Ooh. Right. And then you're classifying all of your expenses. Do you have receipts? Who knows? And all of that. It's a lot to deal with all in one shot. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like it's so much like, um, like when your house gets messy, if your house is clean, it's so easy to just like, Oh yeah, I'll like do this dish real quick, throw it in the dishwasher. Okay. We're everything's still clean. And then everything gets out of hand. And then it's like, okay, this is now a big project to take care of. And that's what it, it's like with bookkeeping is it becomes <laughs> a huge project. Yes. So when people are, let's say someone is in that circumstance, right? They've waited. Now they're trying to do all of last year's like today to get ready for taxes. What would be like your recommendation for them? So I tell people, you should consider three options and it really depends on how large of a business you are, um, how much like extra cash you have on hand to be able to do any of the op options. So if your business has like less than $50,000 of revenue, you're fairly small, you might consider just using a spreadsheet and download all of your transactions into a spreadsheet and then use that to categorize and then you can filter and sort or or send it to your accountant to do all of this. <laughs> okay. But your accountant, if they're going to do your taxes, definitely needs a category for each transaction. So you do have to have those categories lined out. Um, if you have a, a lot of transactions, it's okay to use that spreadsheet when you only have like a, not too many. It becomes a little bit too much if you have more. 
And then you want to use some of the automations that come with something like QuickBooks Online. Mm -hmm. And so if you have more than $50,000 of revenue, then you're probably going to want something like QuickBooks Online because then you can start setting up rules. For example, you could have a bill come through every month that's like Verizon. It's like, okay, I always know that's my cell phone bill. You set up a rule and it's going to automatically categorize that for you knowing what it is. And it takes some setup to get all of that done. But once it's set up, it's pretty nice. And so you want to use those automations once you get larger. Um, and then there might get to be a point where you're so large that it doesn't even make sense for your time to even do it yourself. And then that's when you might want to hire a, a bookkeeper. So, so those are the three options, spreadsheet, DIY, QuickBooks, or hire a bookkeeper. But obviously, they all come at a different price point. Okay, cool. And those can get them through like this tax season, but obviously that's good for just moving forward, right? Like at least once a month looking at everything or once a week if they can. But I mean, I guess what frequency do you think is good to kind of sit down and look at your finances and see everything that's going on? Yeah, I mean, when we're talking best practices as far as how frequently to do things. I mean, I might on a daily basis, just kind of quickly check the balances in my bank account to make sure that they're of uh, an amount that I'm comfortable with. And I think that's also just a, a good daily practice to keep up in case like a credit card gets stolen or something, you notice things like that immediately. Um, and then on a weekly basis to get in and categorize the transactions makes it super quick. Mm. Um, I would say if you wait till the end of the month as an independent um, with like less than $100,000 of revenue, it's probably only going to take you an hour or two every month to do your bookkeeping. It's not a huge amount of time, but if you're getting in every single week to categorize, you're looking at, you know, maybe 15, 20, maybe up to 30 minutes if you had a lot of stuff going on that week. Um, but it kind of chunking it out that way helps. And then once a month, you want to actually go in and take the step to what I call a reconciliation, mm -hmm. which is just make sure you didn't miss any transactions, make sure nothing's duplicated within QuickBooks. Um, and then like, like once you have everything reconciled, that's how you know your numbers are good. That's awesome. And it is like a peace of mind, like you said, when you're kind of looking at it frequently. Um, I was talking recently about like personal budgeting and it's like, it's a choice to be ignorant about our finances in 2023. Like we need to take a little more responsibility over it, not knowing, you know, we have Google now, we have these amazing like coaches on Instagram, like you have so many amazing reels and things. It's like, it's a choice to not know anymore. And so I like that. It's like, let's take a little more accountability. Let's step into that more CEO type role in our business and make it a priority. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really easy, even when you do hire out a bookkeeper to be like, oh, my accountant takes care of that. Yes, they do for sure. Like you've hired them to do something. So, but I don't think it's ever wise as a business owner with something as serious as like your finances are to just like 100% delegate and never look again. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's like a healthy medium between that where you're still keeping an eye on things. Um, and you feel like you know what's going on in your business. I, 
I think that's one of the big downfalls is that people will hire an accountant and the accountant will be like, oh, well, you hired me to prepare your tax return or you hired me to do your bookkeeping. And then they'll be like, I was losing all this money and my accountant like didn't talk to me about it. And it's like, well, did you, did you hire them to be a consultant to you? Did you hire them to be right. an advisor? And if you didn't, your bookkeeper is over there thinking that they're doing their job and you're over there thinking like, how come my bookkeeper's not giving me more advice? So just make sure that you really understand what they are doing and that what your expectations are is within the contract that you've agreed to. That's a really great point because I know in like other industries too, like interior design, totally different industry, but I know um, I have a friend in interior design. She had bookkeepers, like exactly like you said, oh, it's all taken care of. Meanwhile, the, R the IRS comes and has this giant audit and all of this stuff wasn't like right. And it's like, well, I had the bookkeepers, but the bookkeepers are like, but you didn't tell me all that stuff or how am I supposed to know like all the details? So it really is more collaborative than just handing it off to someone. Absolutely. And even us, like when we're doing bookkeeping for our clients, we are asking them questions every month. Like, Hey, this is a new vendor. You know, what is this for? Hey, you went to Abercrombie and Fitch. Is this a personal expense or a business <laughs> expense? Cause we want to know that. For sure. For sure. Oh, business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say if you're not getting questions from your bookkeeper, that might be a red flag that they're just like making assumptions about things that, you know, they might want to ask a few more questions. Okay. I did see one of your posts that was like, did you know that bookkeepers aren't licensed or something like that? And you were kind of diving into even more about that. I would love to, you know, hear more of your thoughts on, you know, finding the right bookkeeper or all of that. Cause that sounds scary to me if it's like, wait, they're not even licensed. Like what's going on? Absolutely. Um, I think that's something that people don't realize. Cause you know, as hairstylists or estheticians, like we have a license as certified public accountants. We have a license. Um, and that once you have a license, there's at least some oversight that happens. Um, I know in accounting, you know, there's a certain level of education that's expected, just like, you know, with your mm -hmm. beauty licenses. Um, for us, we have to study underneath another CPA to get some experience, um, which also just gives a little bit more credibility that once someone's putting their name out there, they've had some experience, they have education, um, but there isn't an equivalent like that for bookkeepers. And I, I don't say that to say like, oh no, bookkeepers don't have a license. You shouldn't like not hire them. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, because there isn't that barrier to entry, um, you'll notice, well, you might not notice cause you're not in my realm of the world, but they're like <laughs> Instagram ads all the time. Like become a bookkeeper in 30 days, take my like, <laughs> $3,000 yes. course and I'll teach you how to be a bookkeeper. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, but bookkeeping is more complicated that. And if you want to like be a bookkeeper for a lot of different clients, you're not going to have the knowledge that you need by only spending a month and $3,000 on a course. It's a lot more in depth than that. And so, um, you know, if you're going to DIY your own books, I think that's a little bit different because you have this like sliver of a business of things that you need to know for your own business. But as a bookkeeper, you need a much wider breadth of knowledge because you're going to handle a lot of people's different businesses. And so you've got to know a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. 
anyways, so in terms of finding someone, I think it's helpful to find out about their years of experience, um, ask more about their processes and, um, you know, what they're actually going to help you with. Are, are they categorizing? Are they reconciling? How frequently are they going to do it? Because um, I'll have new clients come to us and they're like, oh, I had a bookkeeper, but they haven't gotten to my books for like three months because they only do it every quarter. Oh. If that's what your contract says and that's what you've agreed to, they haven't done anything wrong. That might just be their process. And it's a matter of making sure that whatever their process mm -hmm. and what they're selling is what you're wanting to buy. Yeah, that's really, really good advice because it's just like the client and stylist relationship, right? We have to do a thorough consultation. We have to make sure we're on the same page and not only getting what we think we want, but like getting what we actually need. Because like you were saying, it might be more of a accountant or more of a consulting role with somebody who really is well-versed in those deductions and those different loopholes or whatever is out there. <laughs> so, um, so I think that that's really good. And what would you say like with taxes coming up and with all of that, what would you like, what advice do you have for people out there that are kind of like having everything in order? What should they be looking out for? Yeah. Okay, so in terms of getting your taxes done, you're going to need three big things. One, you've got to have your bookkeeping done, reconciled, good to go. Um, the reconciliation is super important. I can tell you on new clients that we're like taking over from other um, people, we find a lot of times that the accounts weren't actually reconciled. So maybe everything was categorized, a report was given, but there wasn't a reconciliation. Um, and until that reconciliation is done, you don't know for sure if the numbers are right. And we've had that happen where we're like, sorry, this wasn't reconciled. We've got to go in and do that. And we actually find out they're missing a bunch of transactions that didn't get downloaded. Sometimes QuickBooks will disconnect from your bank for a bit. Um, and there'll be a little bit of a glitch. And so, um, if that happens, you've got to manually get those transactions back in. So yeah, just making sure that everything's reconciled and then the two things that probably aren't going to show up on your P&L but are important is if you have a home office, um, if you have a space where you're regular doing, regularly doing administrative things for your business, then make sure to gather that information. You're going to want the square footage of that space, the square footage of your total home space, and then whatever um, you know home expenses you have, utilities, rent, mortgage interest, um, insurance, all that kind of stuff. And then third mm -hmm. would be mileage so if you're driving for business purposes mm. make sure that you have a mileage log that has how far you went the date that you went and what the business purpose was of that travel so that you can also deduct your mileage Ooh, that's really smart and i like how you're saying you know know the square feet that you're using and of the total house because i think sometimes when we're coming in you know without a lot of experience in this we think we can kind of write everything off like we're like okay our whole cell phone bill our whole wardrobe like we can kind of go crazy just in terms of like what we think our expectation is of everything where you know like you're saying it's going to be a percentage of your mortgage it's probably a percentage of your gas and mileage and a percentage of your closed budget it's not going to be a hundred percent but so it's good to like be as specific i guess as possible when you're looking at that 
Yeah, absolutely. And the name of the game really, if I could boil it down to getting tax deductions is you need documentation. And that's what it comes down to. Like you were saying, my interior design firm got um, audited. If you have receipts showing that it was a business expense, and if you're only ever putting business expenses through your business bank account, an audit's actually going to go really smoothly. Right. Because that's what that's all an auditor wants to see is just like show me that this was actually business and like you're good to go. Um, it's just you know sometimes it's like oh I forgot my personal card and I'm like already spent an hour shopping and I'm standing here at the register and I'm not going to go put everything back and whatnot and they'll end up using a business card or something. Um, and so when things like that happen, you got to correct it and reimburse the company and fix it. Um, so that, you know, you, you don't run into problems. <laughs> right. And then they're like, okay, well now you owe this much extra. Here's what's going on. Okay. So, um, I do have one more question for you. That's a little controversial, but, um, I feel like there's a big conversation still around like cash tips and how we report that and using Venmo and, you know, kind of still trying to like wiggle around our finances so they aren't necessarily all reported. Um, I mean, my personal view is that if you are wanting to buy a home, if you are wanting to like make these asset, you know, moves in your future, it's so important that your income is reflected correctly because that's how you get loans and all of that. But I would love to know kind of what your insight is or any ideas you have kind of on that topic of like, you know, making sure cash or Venmo and all of that and how to do that for your taxes. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, um, I mean, I would just say, I think sometimes I know I, for sure, when I was in beauty school, I definitely heard people being like, oh yeah, you don't have to claim your tips. It's that's what's so nice about being in the beauty industry. And it's not true. Top tips are just as taxable as any other kind of income that you're receiving. Um, and so ultimately I think, um, instead of thinking like, how can I save taxes in an illegal way, like not claiming tips, just look into the ways that are legal that you can be saving. Um, and, and <laughs> Hunter. Exactly. I think what it, you have to look at is like, what are your values and like, who are you as a person? And like, do you want something like that hanging over your head all the time where it's like, Oh yeah, I didn't report that. And I hope I didn't get caught. Or is it just like, no, I want to be like an upfront, honest business owner. And like, here's the money that I made. Um, so, so yeah, definitely tips should always be getting reported. Um, you know, what's funny is I, I do not really, get trolls on my account like people are generally pretty nice to me but like the one time I've gotten some really mean comments was when I made a reel about making sure that you claim your cash tips I got some like oh nasty God. comments over that one so I know it's a a, a lot of emotion behind this topic for sure um, but the reality is is that it's taxable income and you got to do it so it doesn't matter if it's paid in cash through Venmo if it's gone through your point of sale system it's all taxable. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about making more money and growing in your career is you pay more taxes. So it's like, that's the side effect, but that's like, a, you know, it's almost like being happier when we pay a little more taxes. Cause that means we made more income and we're growing. Like it's a, it's a privilege too. And it does, it is just part of playing the game to 
you know, buy those assets or continue to build that financial independence in your life. So I'm totally for rewarding everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've loved having you here. I would love to have you back again sometime. Um, I mentioned kind of at the beginning, but you know, you have this DIY bookkeeping course, you have the perfectly profitable stylist, which you launched um, your podcast, but how can people find you or get in touch with you if they want to like learn more or be in your world? Yeah, for sure. Um, easiest thing, follow, follow me here on Instagram. I'm posting stuff all the time. Um, if you want to DIY your own bookkeeping, um, if you want to learn QuickBooks so that you can pay yourself on a consistent basis and really not get surprised by tax bills, I really recommend beauty bookkeeping, which is my course that goes over specifically nice. for beauty professionals how to do bookkeeping because bookkeeping can vary depending on what industry you're, you're in. So that's the beauty of beauty bookkeeping is it's really only for beauty pros. Um, and yeah, the perfectly profitable stylist podcast. Uh, I just launched it. This is my second week. So it's only been out a couple of weeks, but, uh, <laughs> if you have a uh, request for episodes, like shoot me a DM and I'd love to record more stuff for everyone. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I see Honey Shadow says best course ever for your <laughs> beauty thank course you. that you have. So that's awesome. Thank you again. And I will be following you and following along and we will hopefully see you soon. So have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye.